hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pick and Play Podcast. Today we're going to be breaking down first Patrick Mahomes' contract, and then we're going to take a dive into Leo's home NFL team and, and division of the AFC South. But we couldn't do that without our pal, buddy, friend, amigo. How you doing, Leo? My man, what's going on? I'm excited to, to talk AFC South today. You know that's my bread and butter. We've been putting it off. We've been edging all the way up to it. Here we are. We're finally there. But before we make that stop, let's talk about the most affordable contract in sports, American sports history. Uh, the Patrick Mahomes deal, he signs an extension, uh, a 10-year extension worth $503 million. I guessed, I guessed when this broke it would be $520 million. I was pretty close. Um, now, I want to let everyone know that he still has two more years on the deal, so this is technically a 12-year deal in totality. Um, I think it's going to average out to right about 47, 40, 45 to 47 million a year. Um, I, I'll, I'll tell you this, I don't think that's a problem. How do you feel about that contract? No, I don't think it's a problem at all, especially since, uh, do you have the guaranteed money on hand? No. I think it's like 170. Yeah, it's basically one huge lump chunk, and then the team has to decide to lock him in before, before, before every year. So, uh, before 2019, you got to lock in the 2020 season. So he's kind of injury protected year over year as well. Um, but, but I, you know, guaranteed money, it, it's it's all going to be in his pocket. Right. I mean, when it comes to Pat Mahomes, man, you got the best quarterback in the league, in my opinion. Uh, he's what 24 has he turned 25 yet I don't think so if if he did he just turned 25 and so you have to lock that man up you had to give him his money I I was telling my friends before he actually signed the deal that like no matter what number Mahomes comes up with you have to say okay what are you gonna say no (laughs) right here's my thing let's say I said hey you're gonna get Patrick Mahomes at 32 for 45 million dollars done you know what I mean like you would sign that today Let's, you know, let's play a fantasy world out. You saw him play. He's been in the league for seven years. You're still going to sign him. I think that quarterbacks are the only contract in the NFL that you really don't regret. Um, we've seen... Oh, no, you have to pay this, man. You have to. You have to. But I don't think there's anything to regret in these either. Here, and, and here's a case in point. The worst contract handed out last summer to a quarterback was Nick Foles. That was the worst contract. They moved it. <laughs> They moved Shout out it, to the Jaguars. Which we'll be covering, but understand that even that contract that we were like, wow, that contract sucks. They moved it. They moved him. Nick Foles. They moved Nick Foles. So, yeah, I don't understand why the Bears took that contract, but that's... Uh, well, we actually already discussed that. So. We did, because they're dumb. Because they're dumb. Look around you. Look to your left, look to your right when you're at work. Both those people are dumb. Or you're dumb. That's how it works, unfortunately. 60% of the people are dumb. So if you if you look to your left and right and go, man, both people are smart, bad news. And, and the, <laughs> the Bears did that. The Bears went, man, I, I think this is a room full of smart people. And Detroit was like, well, I don't, I don't know about that. And, and, and the Green Bay and Minnesota was like, look, we make the playoffs every year. So the Bears, you're on your own. But Patrick Mahomes, this is a contract that's that's easy. If I'm that, a lot of people are going up. Oh, this is why Jerry Jones wanted to sign Dak Prescott early so he wouldn't get caught in this kind of this deal. Uh, hold on. Dak Prescott isn't fucking Patrick Mahomes. Dak no, Prescott, Prescott's on year what? Five, six, and is going to the playoffs twice. I don't know if he's won a game. 
I don't want to fucking hear it. You look at these two quarterbacks, one of them is the best in the NFL, and that there's no debate. You can't look at Patrick Mahomes and go, well, is he top five? Like, you know what I mean? Everyone has Pat Mahomes either one or two. That's just the end of it. That People talk about Dak Prescott. It's some people like to put him in top 10. Some people got him top 15. So when you're comparing anyone to Patrick Mahomes, understand that the list of people that are Patrick Mahomes or should get that kind of contract are Patrick Mahomes. And if Lamar Jackson wins the, wins the Super Bowl next year, it'll be Lamar Jackson getting the same amount of money. That's it. There's no one else that's on a trajectory to get that kind of money or should earn that type of contract. That, so hold on, as as a Ravens fan, how'd you feel seeing this deal, knowing that Lamar was probably rubbing his hands together seeing that? Uh, you, 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 well, let's let's take a short trip down history road. Did I have a fucking problem making Joe Flacco the highest paid quarterback after he won a Super Bowl? No. Do I have a problem making Lamar Jackson, who is leaps and bounds better than Joe Flacco as a quarterback? No. You bring me a Super Bowl, I will pay you what the fuck ever you want. Let's just be honest with each other. You say, Matt, for a Super Bowl, will you sign their quarterback who's an MVP in his third year and he won a Super Bowl and you want to sign him for a 10-year deal? Sign me up and slap me in the face. I'm all the way in. I just did six years with a quarterback who won a Super Bowl and then bounced off the earth. I, winning a Super Bowl is worth all of it. <laughs> you, you should win a Super Bowl all things even once every 32 years. So Mahomes is going into year three as the starter, year four in total, but year three as a starter. So in his in his two years starting, we've gotten two Pro Bowls, we got one All Pro season, we got a Super Bowl, we got an MVP, we got Offensive Player of the Year. Yep. And he's twenty five. Yeah. So Lamar <laughs> is twenty three right now, and if he wins the Super Bowl next year, you'll have the same stats. Right. Yeah. Now, if Lamar. I mean, even if Lamar doesn't win the Super Bowl next year, that the check that he's going to get is going to be fat. Fat. He's get a fat and check. he deserves it. You know, you look at that and you look at what Cam Newton gets, and it shows you. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Look around the NFL. If your team didn't sign Cam Newton and you have a questionable, questionable quarterback, you're not going to have a good season. Just sign yourself up for it. You are going to have a bad season, and you deserve it because you have a bad GM, you've got a bad coach, and you've probably got a bad owner. So... Let's, let's put a bow on that. Quarterbacks are worth the money. If they win the Super Bowl, they're worth almost whatever you want to pay them, which is why Nick Foles got that crazy contract. But the reason why the contracts are never bad is just like Nick Foles, you can find some dumb idiot who's willing to take a bite out of that rotten fruit if it goes bad. The Ravens traded Joe Flacco at the end. You, you, can, you can move off these contracts, people. It's not hard. You take one year of bad cap and you roll it around. So let's dive into the AFC South. Um, and, and really going into last year, this was a bad quarterback division. Uh, they've moved some pieces around you. you it's still a pretty bad quarterback division. It is, but only one starter returns from the beginning of last year, uh, which as quarterback, which is an interesting piece where we start, uh, quarterback rankings. I don't think this is, this is difficult. I think number one is, is clearly, oh, wait. You know, I'm jumping ahead of myself with quarterback, but let's go ahead and go there. Uh, quarterback, uh, we'll start there. Um, I think Deshaun Watson's clearly number one. I think number two for me, I've got Tannehill. Number three, I've got uh, um, 
Minshew, and number four, I've got. What? Oh yeah, and before I've got Philip Rivers. Oh yeah, big time. Minshew. Yeah. Stop it! What are you talking about? Hundred percent over like Philly. Either, but Rivers. I have Minshew as easily the the bottom ranked quarterback in this division. I I got Watson, I got Tannehill, I got Rivers, and then I have Minshew. Please tell me why you have Minshew third. Uh, it's it, so for me. Um, I think Philip Rivers is toast. Uh, I watched a guy with a bountiful amount of weapons on the offense from tight end to having two good running backs to a top 15 tight end to a top, I mean, 10 wide receiver core. That wide receiver core is stacked. And I watched a guy who continuously overthrew balls, underthrew balls, was late on timing routes, couldn't move in the pocket uh, with uh, that that complete uh, arsenal of weapons. I, I just saw the guy who really couldn't get the ball where he needed to when he needed to and to me that's decision making and being able to get the ball when it needs to get there are the two things that lead to quarterbacks downfall I just don't think Philip Rivers has it anymore I think his mobility is going to kill the Colts in this season I think his gun slinging I don't think goes away um and I I really think that the Colts are in for yeah. I'm not going to be shocked that Jacoby uh, Brissett gets another chance to start later in the year. Shit, I might take Brissett over Minshew as well. Ah, I just see when it comes to quarterbacks, I know what I'm getting in Brissett. I'm getting six wins, and I'm not saying that Minshew could get you more, but Minshew doesn't have any of the things that Brissett had. He doesn't have a line. He doesn't have the weapons. I don't think that makes him a worse quarterback. I think that. When you look at everything lined up, the Colts will have a better line, better wide receivers, better running backs, and better tight ends than the Jaguars. I think they're putting Minshew in a bad spot. I think Minshew's their ticket into getting a, a, a top, we'll call it a lottery pick now in the NFL when you when you kind of get up in the top five. But uh, for me, I just, you know, I'm not paying for the old meat. I'll pay for the new meat. And, you know, if it's a little undercooked, I'll deal with it. I'm not mad at what you're saying. And I definitely, I understand. My thing with Minshew is that I didn't see him make very many difficult throws over the year or over his season as the starter. Like, he's he's that quarterback that he'll take whatever the defense is giving him. And, I mean, that's fine. But if I need a big-time throw, I, I would trust Rivers eight times out of ten before I trust Minshew. I haven't seen Minshew make any tight pocket or uh, tight window throws. I, I just didn't see him make any difficult throws last year. I'm and so, out. I, I, you know, I, I give him credit for, you know, stepping in for falls and, and doing his thing. But I didn't feel like he did anything that was impressive. You know, he was throwing a bunch of underneath balls. He uh, DJ Chark, you know, was DJ Chark helped him a lot, I think, last year. Um, but I, nah. No, with Minshew, I got him last. All right. Well, that's where I'm going. We'll see at the end of the year. I don't think it's going to take the end of the year. I think we're going to get to, like, week four, and, and we're going to be like, man, Philip Rivers has nothing fucking left. Uh, and, and I just – I we'll see. But that's where I've got it. That's where I believe. If Rivers shows us what he showed us last year and Minshew takes another step forward this year, then I'm with you. Yeah, I, I would agree with you in that case. I think that's but what you're going to get. based off what I've seen, <laughs> yeah. Minshew was – he didn't impress me. No. I, look, I get it. Um, uh, they were a team that did not do much of anything and really won't this year. 
Um, so let's slide over to the head coaching rankings. I think we're going to find a uh, little differences here. Uh, my number one is Frank Wright. Um, I like what Frank's done uh, going back before he was with Indianapolis. I think they got dealt a really raw hand last year. Um, then they had tons of injuries pile up. Uh, I, really, the injury players they have are pre-Frank Wright. Uh, T.Y. Hilton doesn't seem like he can stay on the field for a much period of time. Ever. He's injured every year. This is a team to me that kind of made a misstep in the offseason. We'll get into it a little more when we get to over-unders. Uh, but I like Frank Wright as my number one. My number two is Vrabel. Um, I like what he was able to do with what he was given, his adjustments midway through the season. Uh, he knew what it took to win a playoff game. He put it together. He won two playoff games against two teams that he was not favored to win, a double-digit underdog. Uh, so that's impressive to me. Number three is Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien would get a lot more credit as a coach if he wasn't also the GM. Bill O'Brien really suffers from the fact that he's good. Really, he is a really good coach. He's really bad at putting food on the table, though. Not terrible at eating it. Just really bad at filling the pantry. Um, so I, I got him. And then Doug Marone was my dark horse candidate to be the first coach fired last year. Uh, he will come in as my favorite to get fired this year um, as the first coach. He is number four, and I firmly believe he would have been fired last year had that whole Tom Coughlin story not broke and everyone directed their attention to Tom Coughlin and away from Doug Marone. But I, I believe this is a team headed for gutting. How do you got the chop shop heading up? Okay, so in my original rankings, I had Bill O'Brien third, uh, but... When I sat there and really thought about it, I had to move him up to first uh, huh. because I was letting his work as a GM cloud his work as a as a head coach. Yep. Right. And like like you said, as a GM, he's ass. Like that man's ass cheeks when it comes to making roster moves, when it comes to building the team, when it all that. He's terrible. But at the same time, he's been you know he's been the coach for a few years now, and the Texans have pretty consistently won this division under Bill O'Brien. So. You know, as, as much as I'd like to get on him for his poor GM moves, if we're talking strictly coaching, I have to give Bill O'Brien the number one spot because the Texans have dominated the division for the last five years at least. Number two, I actually have my boy Mike Vrabel. I have him ahead of Reich, and I'll tell you why I have him ahead of Frank Reich. Uh, Frank Reich last year, he had Jacoby Brissett, a very average quarterback. You know, you're, you're not getting anything special from Jacoby Brissett, uh, but the Titans didn't, you know, they weren't exactly in a, a great situation themselves at quarterback going into last year. And I felt like Vrabel and the Titans were able to do more with, you know, with what they had than what the Colts were able to get out of what they had. Now, I know Tannehill came in and he shocked the world and he played, you know, like the top 10 pick that he was. But I, I still, I, I credit that to Vrabel. I didn't see that from Tannehill before. Well, not just Vrabel, but Arthur Smith and the rest of the offensive staff. Uh, as I, I just think going into this season, given what I've seen Brable do with his talent, I have to put him above Frank Reich. Uh, I haven't seen Frank Reich, you know, do anything that you know impressed. Uh, has, I don't think he's made the playoffs yet with the Colts. Um, it, it, he's just not doing it for me. Okay. Actually, no. I'm sorry. When he had, I was very impressed with him when he had Andrew Luck. Without Luck, it, it didn't look so good. Yeah, that was last so, year. Right. So, I mean, I, yeah, I, I just 
with with Vrabel, I got him above Frank Reich because I've seen Vrabel get a lesser talent ready to win than I've seen Frank Reich. Uh, Doug Marone, he's last. I don't even really want to talk about Doug Marone that much. Yep. They're, they're just bad. Frank Reich and Vrabel, though, they're interchangeable to me. Uh, based on what have you done for me lately, I'm giving the edge to Vrabel. Uh, but I won't lie, when Reich had Andrew Luck, they were impressive. Yeah. And that offense was very impressive. And I think that the problem with the Colts is that they're, they've caught themselves in this middle ground territory where they're trying to push for it all because when they had Andrew Luck, they were a team. But the truth is the Colts never really threatened the Super Bowl. Um, they just didn't. Uh, and, and that is more about what that team is than anything else. Uh, I, I, there is a want in the NFL that when you get close, you push everything into the tank and you hit the accelerator. Uh, I just find that that doesn't win often. <laughs> you're, you're better off going, I'm going to try to take three swings at this instead of one huge swing. Uh, and, and that's what I saw out of the Colts. And now that the tank's empty, they're trying. You know, I'm going to grab Phillip Rivers, who's on the downside of his career, uh, and put him in there. I mean, would you feel more confident with Big Ben or Phillip Rivers back there? Uh, probably Big Ben, and that would be coming yeah, off. Yeah, I would take Ben. Which would be coming off of a elbow non-contact injury. And he was perfectly healthy the year before, and they didn't make the playoffs. They went 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, last year against the Patriots, when he was healthy before the elbow injury, he looked bad. Um, not to say he'll be bad now. I just since then he's lost Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, so I don't really know what you're going to get. It's not like he can do a ton of throwing in the off season. Um, but that's kind of my point: is going okay. Well, then everyone would still pick Ben. <laughs> so what are you getting out of Philip Rivers? I think the Colts are in for a down year. Uh, let's move over to offensive talent. With offensive talent. Um, this is, this to me comes, the my offensive This division's count, ugly. This is very ugly. Uh, I give the edge to the Colts based on offensive line. That's my one seed. The Colts offensive line is very good. Um, if T.Y. Hilton can stay healthy, I think he's the second best wide receiver now in this division. Um, and I like Marlon Mack. Behind who? Just out of curiosity. Uh, Brown. Okay, okay. We're on the same page then. Yeah. Um, and then I like Mac second in this division behind Henry. Uh, the edge is that the I believe the Indianapolis Colts line is a top three unit. Uh, and I think that when you go, okay, well, you've got second place, second place, and then first place to me, line's most important. You can do the most with it. You can buy the most time. I'm going Colts one. Uh, two for me, the Titans. Uh, Derek Henry, enough said. Uh, Brown coming into, what is this, year two for him. Uh, I expect... Very similar production uh, I in terms of the second half of last year. My problem is going to be this. I don't know what you're going to get out of Tannehill, which is going to feed Brown. I think Brown's a beast. I think when you talk about teams starting to figure out other teams, we started to see that with the Titans. They kept winning. Uh, but the, there was an obvious game plan that you could keep Ryan Tannehill's stats down. Uh, now, it didn't result in wins, so we'll see what happens with an offseason to plan against them. But... Uh, that's I the Titans second. I've got the Texans third. Texans would have been first for me. You trade Hopkins out. You've kind of got a bunch of B receivers now. You're missing that A+. I don't like your running backs. I'm not giving you anything for David Johnson. Uh, but you're better than the Jaguars, who the Jaguars have some, some parts. But I think Leonard Fournette is a quitter. 
and having talent on your team at a skill position that's a quitter, I'm, I'm out on. Also, the Jaguars' offensive line is atrocious. So that's how I've got it. Yeah, I've got the Titans number one. And I hear what you're saying with the Colts uh, and their offensive line. But I would just like to say that the Titans' offensive line dramatically improved last season once Taylor Lewan finished his four-game suspension that he had for PEDs, I believe it was. And, uh, and they were starting a rookie at right guard. And, and so once Lawan came back, he's the leader of the line. That's when they began to gel, around the same time when Tannehill took over. Mariota really got his ass beat behind the, the patchwork offensive line that they started the season with. Um, but they, they got it together when Tannehill took over, and we saw Henry take off as a result. So, I, you know, the, the Colts definitely have the better offensive line, but I don't think the gap is, you know, massive. Um, How do you think they're going to do replacing Conklin? Because he was a big part of that line. Uh, he was a big part of the, the run game, I feel like. But when it came to the, the pass asset. game, I, I felt like he... I won't call him a weak link, but he wasn't all pro when it came to defending the quarterback. So I, I'm not really sure you know, how it's going to go. They drafted a, a, a rookie, Isaiah Wilson, from Georgia. So yep. you know, with rookies, it takes time. I don't expect Isaiah Wilson to come out week one and be locked down on the right side but i think they'll be okay uh, conklin missed time in the past and the the swing tackle uh kelly he came in and you know he did a good job replacing him so i i don't there will be a fall off that's no question but i don't think it'll be dramatic enough to really affect the offense uh i got aj aj brown as the best receiver i got uh derrick henry as the best back in the division and i think the titans have the best group of tight ends in the division as well so i have them first uh second i'm gonna give it to the colts because i like their group of running backs they got marlon mack they just drafted jonathan taylor from wisconsin yep uh they at ty hilton but outside of those names that i mentioned uh you know it, it gets a little shaky for the colts uh the texans they they come in third. They they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins, like you said. They got David Johnson. As a Titans fan, I was applauding that move. Yep, I bet. <laughs> you got rid of easily a top three to five receiver in the league and got a washed running back back. So I, I'm not really sure what's going on over there uh, with Bill O'Brien and his GM game, but I got them third. And as usual, I think I have the Jags last in everything. So. Yep. Yeah, the Jags are last, and we don't even need to get into it. I like Fournette, I like Chark, but that's not enough. Yeah, they're they're like players that you wouldn't really trade for. Uh, defensive talent, this is pretty standard for me. I don't think any team in this division has uh, what you would call. Um, I think the Titans have the bright spots. They've got they're great at safety. They're great at linebacker. Um, I think the big problem with this whole division is they lack top-end pass rushing. They lack interior pass rushing. Um, it's just a, a collection of parts that are greater than its pieces. That, you know, this whole division pretty much is coached well when it comes to defense, which is the funny thing. Uh, they're not necessarily super talented. They're just These are all really pretty fundamentally sound defensive teams. Uh, you can pick on them at some times. Um, they, they're all, they all kind of fit into the bend don't break mold, at least from my perspective. I'll be interested to hear what you think, but my, my rankings are as followed. I have the Titans as one, the Colts is two, the Texans is three, the Jags is four. Um, the Jags have the most upside. 
They've got probably the best pass rusher in the division in Ngakwe. Um, they've got, uh, they have always... Jonathan Allen's no slouch either. Allen's not a slouch. I, I just think is better. I, I, I love uh, the... The Jaguars always have a number one corner for some silly reason, uh, but they have nothing around them. They draft, the Jaguars draft actually really well. They just don't retain talent, and they have a terrible culture. If they were able to keep all the pieces they've been losing over the last few years, I mean, two years ago, two years? They had a defense, three years. They had a defense that was murdering people. They could have. Yeah. They could have yeah, kept them. Yeah, Bouye and Ramsey and Jack and. You let them all go for no reason, right? And you got nothing in return. Uh, you know, you you give it to Ramsey for two ones. Overall, uh, just I think the defense is pretty bland. I, I don't think there's anything that super excites you about any of these defenses. But this is your division. How do you look at it? No, I agree with you. And honestly, I don't think that the defenses in the division are separated by much. So, like, it, it would, no matter what order you give me, I'm not really that mad at you. But I do have the Titans number one. Uh, I think the Titans, real, really their only flaw on defense is the pass rush. And not even – I don't even think that the interior pass rush, pass rush excuse me, is so much the problem as the edge rush. <clears throat> they can't – they don't have any edge rushers. I like Harold Landry. He had, I think he had 9.5 sacks last year. Maybe he got to nine. He's a good young piece, but they don't have anything that scares you on the edge. Other than that, though, you know, the Titans got a solid linebacker group. They have a solid secondary. Um, I, I think they have the least amount of flaws out of all the, the teams in the division when it comes to defense. Second, I have the Texans. Uh, the Texans, they, they still have the pass rush. Uh the, the pass defense was a little suspect, but uh, as long as they can still rush the passer, they're still good at run defense. Uh, I have them above the Colts. I don't really like the, the way the Colts run their defense. They've been a zone, a primarily yep. zone defense lately, and I, I don't really get it, you know, but I'm not a coach, so uh, I guess I'm going to default to them on that. But they've been running a zone defense for a few years now, and it doesn't work. <laughs> And with the Jags, like you said, they, they're the ones that have all the talent, but they never really put it together. Uh, that defense, when they had Bouye and Ramsey and all those guys, that they were nasty then, but now nah, same, they're same. not scary, at least from my perspective. I am looking at this from the perspective of a Titans fan. Yeah. The Jags defense does not scare me at all. No, they don't have any linebackers. They have A pluses and then F students. It's just not a good class. Derrick um, Henry makes a living off embarrassing the Jags on Thursday Night Football at least once a year. Yes. Uh, it's it's an easy bet for me every single year that the Titans are going to crush the Jags uh, because they, for whatever reason, it, it's really because the Jaguars lack interior and linebacker depth. That's where you stop the running game. Uh, the edge and corners are not designed to stop running games. They're designed to stop passing games. Your interior of your defense and your linebackers are designed to stop the running game. Hence why the Ravens went out and beefed up the interior of their line and their linebackers. <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do. Oh, yeah. No, the Ravens, we, we spoke about this. That's They're getting ready to see the Titans again. That's what you're supposed to do. Uh, the Jaguars, again, just a, a good drafting organization, actually. Pretty good drafts. Terrible execution, so... I think we're in alignment there. I would there. agree with that. At pretty consistently in the draft, I look at the Jags and go, wow, okay, you guys did pretty well. And then it doesn't really translate to anything. No, it translates to going, um, 
you know, you go, oh, okay, that's a lot of talent. What are you going to do with it? They made one run, and then they ended up in a barrel bucket, and, and that's just where they've been. I mean, they're from 2014, they took, you know, Blake Bortles, mistake, Dante Fowler Jr., then, then Jalen Ramsey, Leonard Fournette. Uh, 2018 took uh, Taven Bryan. I don't even know what defensive tackle. I don't even know anything about him. Last year they drafted uh, Josh Allen, though. Uh, Joshua Allen, who's a stud defensive end. Um, right. And, and you go, so wait a minute. From 2014, you draft essentially uh, one starter in um, Fowler on your defense, two all-stars in Ramsey and Allen, and you can't put anything else around them two first round picks this year it's just you they do have a a a decent record drafting they just cannot get it together Uh, you know they did it's just it's just a end over end i don't understand it um but whatever bad teams stay bad let's move over to the over unders for this season um hey my favorite part i think there's some meat on the bone here let's save the titans for last Let's start with the Jaguars. The Jaguars have a over-under of a paltry, a paltry four and a half. So, oh, I mean, that's kind of disrespectful. Is it? I, I think it is. I would take, I don't, I, you know me, I hate the Jags. Yeah. And I would take the over on that. So here's their beginning of their schedule. First one, two, let's go first eight weeks. Uh, this is, they're going to face the Colts, then the Titans, Dolphins, Bengals. So your best chance... Uh, Dolphins, Bengals, Texans, Lions. Okay. Lions, Bengals, Dolphins, Colts. You look at that and you say probably two wins there, right? Okay. Okay. Now, you're going to have to try to find another win. You've got Chargers, possibly. It's in LA. Texans, Packers, Steelers, Browns, Vikings, Titans... Ravens, Bears, Colts again. And that one's in Indianapolis. I think there's only six potentially winnable games on that, that calendar. And that's split. That, that's if you say they could split with the Colts. That's if you say that between the Dolphins, the Bengals, which I think the Dolphins got better. I think the Bengals got better. Um, I, I just, where are you getting wins? They could go through a stretch here where they go... Uh, Chargers, Texans, Packers, Steelers, Browns, Vikings, Titans, Ravens, and they go 0 and 8. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> I'm with you. <clears throat> so I think 4.5 is right when you look at their schedule. I, I went under. I think this is a 2 to 3 win team. Damn. You went under on 4.5? That's crazy. Yep. All right, look, so I think that they can split with the Colts. <clears throat> Uh, I do think that Miami is very winnable. I think Cincinnati will be very winnable, especially early in the year. Uh, I think the Lions are winnable. I think the Chargers are winnable. Uh, Maybe not splitting with the Texans. Uh, I think the Browns will be winnable. Uh, I think the Bears are winnable. So there's, you know, I, I count at least six or seven games where I would at least count them to have a possibility of winning. Yeah, I think they're going to be the worst coach team in every single one of those games, except maybe the Bengals game, because I think Zach Taylor is a buster runer. Um, but I think they're going to be the worst head coach in any of those games. Um, and I think when you match it all up, 
they might have the worst quarterback in all those games. I mean, who are you going to take, Fitzpatrick or Minshew? They got one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, in my opinion. I know you don't agree, but no, no, I do agree. I have Philip Rivers in the among starters. Uh, I have Philip Rivers in the bottom twenty. I have Minshew in the bottom twenty. That's kind okay. Of, so I've got them both in the trash bin. Um, but you know, I, I just go. You know, even their winnable games, they're going to go into them with potentially. Uh, the worst coach and the worst quarterback in those situations. So I move winnable games. When I take a look, I go, okay, so show me who you're beating. And then I take a real look. You know, these are the teams you should honestly look at beating. Of course, there's, there's, okay, any given Sunday you can win any game. I get it. I get it. But Vegas obviously looked at this as well and said, well, who do you want, Joe Burrow or Minshew? It's going to be Bengals versus Jaguars in Cincinnati. Who do you want? Tua Fitzpatrick or Minshew? That's going to be the Dolphins-Jaguars game. Um, the Lions game, Matthew Stafford could be on a stretcher. Uh, I will take Minshew over Tyrod. How about that? Um, and I will, yeah, yeah, you're right. I and, would as well. And I would probably put Marone and Anthony Lynn in the same bucket. I'm not an Anthony Lynn fan, okay? Everyone probably knows that. I just don't see it. Um, and, and so I, another one he'll be close on. Uh, who would you rather? I, I'd take Minshew over Trubisky. And if that's close, if that's... I would just flip a coin. Okay, so if that's... Whatever the coin decides, that's what I would roll with. And I think the Bears are better coached and have way more talent than the Jaguars. And the Bears had a terrible year. So I kind of look at the Jaguars being that team that kind of gives up, kind of flips to the next page. They're going to go, we're going to see what we have in Minshew. No, we're not really going to support him with anything. Uh, We'll see. The Jaguars could be a little surprise team because there are those seven-week teams on the schedule. Uh, but for now, I've got him under, you've got him over. Next team on the list, which I find very interesting, is the Texans at seven and a half. The Texans. Wow, really? Oh, uh, yeah, I had, let me double check that because when I wrote that down, um, NFL, Vegas, they had, win. They, they had 10 wins last year. I mean, I know they lost Hopkins, but damn. So that's the way I looked at it. When I looked at this, let's see, it is live update as of now, and we go AFC South. Uh, Houston Texans. Oh, thanks. That's not what I fucking wanted. Um, thanks for telling me what they had last year. Um, Holy shit! You look at the first four weeks of the Texans schedule. Yeah, so that's why you had Chiefs, Ravens, Steelers, <laughs> Vikings it to ain't, start the year. It ain't great. Yeah, Houston Texans of seven and a half. And and let's go ahead and take that walk down. Um, right now I'm going over. Uh, and here's why: you don't finish that poorly overall with the best quarterback a top five quarterback you just don't he just wins games for you that he maybe shouldn't the the start of that year it's not even the first four man the first six or first seven are fucking tough uh you go oh man honestly i'm looking at their first 10 weeks let's run through the whole week they can't wait for that bye i'm looking at oh my god they can't wait so they're gonna start out with the chiefs bad news just bad news then they're going to get one prime time. That's probably a wrap. <laughs> and then they turn around and they're going to get the Ravens. Uh, I got to be honest. I think the Ravens are a much better team than they were last year. I I, I think we're going to roll the Texans into a ball and kick it all across the street. The Texans. This is the Texans Steelers. This is a really good preview for what you might get in the in the wild card. Uh, this is a big, big, big game for the wild card round. If the Texans lose this game. They're potentially staring up at 0-3. 
That's going to be tough to come back from. They're going to then be home for the Vikings. That is not easy either. They're going to get the Jaguars a must-win. This is going to be a Week 5 must-win game for the Texans. Then the Titans. Then the Packers. Then the Jaguars again. (sighs) Wow. You're going to have to then follow up with the Browns, who could be much improved. The Patriots, who now have Cam Newton. Then, here's the rub. If the Texans are tied for the division going into the last six weeks, they've then got it's probably the division then. Then they've got the division because they're going to go Lions, Colts, Bears, Colts, Bengals. That it's enough to go four and one and pull away, uh, and you're going to finish the year with the Titans. Uh, so I really think that seven and a half is low. Um, and I think eight is their absolute floor in losses. So I- I'm going to take the over. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that. I'm going to take the over as well. If they're saying seven and a half and they have a good six week stretch there where it gets really soft, then uh, yeah, I'm going to go over. They I'm co- actually considering putting money on that. Yeah, I think seven and a half is just way too low to have Deshaun Watson. And here's the thing it's not like I know they lost Hopkins, but they do have weapons. Okay, this isn't it. A- I mean, they added Brandon Cooks. He's not. Hopkins, but it's not like they just didn't replace him. Right. They still have options, okay? And Deshaun Watson's still getting better. So let's let's not put too much into that. Next up is the Colts. The Colts actually have the highest win-loss record out of any team in this division. And that is nine. Nine. Now let's take a walk down the Colts' schedule. They're going to start the year off with the Jaguars, the Vikings, the Jets, the Bears, the Browns, and the Bengals. And then, to top the Sunday off, they get the Lions. So Colts fans, if you're out there, if you don't have the division by 11-2, where you're looking back at everyone with a two-game lead, you ain't winning the division. Because you better beat the Jaguars, the Jets, the Bears, the Browns, the Bengals, and Detroit. You do that, you're in the driver's seat. Because the end of your year, or I should say this middle part, not real friendly. Ravens, Titans, Packers, Titans, Texans, Raiders, Texans, Steelers, and the year Jaguars. So I think that this looks to me like a team that's going to... This is that... Uh, this is the team that jumps to the top of your polls, and you go, man, the Colts are 6-1. and one. They are cooking. And you look and go, well, you beat the Jaguars, the Jets, the Bears, the Browns, the Bengals, and the Lions. And then they turn around, and they'll probably get folded into a box by the Ravens, the Titans, and the Packers in three consecutive weeks. Then they're going to get a rematch with the Titans, have to then turn and that's going to be a tough rematch. That's three weeks away from you Titans, Packers, Titans again. Very tough. Yeah, it's tough. Then you're going to go Texans, Raiders, Texans. So you're going to do division game, tough at game. and at Las Vegas. It's, look, it is a, that, that little row from the Ravens to the Steelers from uh, October, uh, November 8th to basically the New Year's. The, t- the Colts are going to decide if they are a worthy contender in the AFC or a pretender 8-8 eight and, eight and eight wild card. And I think that this is a team that will finish 8-8. Eight and eight. I'm going under. Yeah, I'm going to go under as well. Uh, I don't think that they dramatically improved from last year unless you consider Phillip Rivers a massive improvement, which, I mean, he's an improvement, but he I don't think it's massive. 
Uh, yeah, I'm going under. I could see them being 500. I could see them going seven and nine again, something like that. But I don't see them creeping into double digits. I guess nine and seven is possible, but not for my money. I'm going under. Under. Okay, that leaves us with your favorite, uh, your your darling. Um, your yeah, nine was the the top. I'm very curious what they have Tennessee at. Eight. Eight. Okay. Eight. Interesting. Eight and a half now. Sorry, eight and a half. It's gone up since I made this little spreadsheet. Um, I I don't I'm not, I didn't look at the schedule. I went over just based on the talent they're going to be returning. Uh, but when we take a look at the schedule, uh, we get we get kind of put into focus on on why the number's a little low. Um, the year is going to start out a little hot. The block is hot. You're gonna you're gonna get your two easy wins. You're gonna go to Denver. Then you get the Jaguars. Um, then you've got a little bit here of a fist fight. Uh, the, you're going to get the Vikings. I think that's a pretty tough matchup. You have two teams that are probably looking to do the exact same shit to each other. The Steelers, yep. you're going to get the same shit. You're basically, you're basically going to go against three teams in a row that have a very similar game plan to you. Um, you're going to play the Vikings, the Steelers, and the Bills. So we're going to kind of have a good idea what this Titan team looked like. If they can go 2-1 and one in that stretch, you're fighting for your division. You're then going to get the Texans, the Bengals, and the Bears. There's some fluff there. You get the Colts, and then you get the Ravens. You play, you come back to M&T, 11-22. Get another win there. (laughs) Look, maybe. We've seen that division seesaw. Um, I am going to take this moment to tell you that your team would not be any good last year unless you got rid of Mariota, uh, and you did, and you you beat us in the playoffs. Uh, But I think I got a pretty good gauge on, on what, what what can or cannot uh, lead to wins? Um, it's going to be tough game either way. I think the Ravens have tightened up. Get it? Uh, the uh, things that <laughs> the, the 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 big the big gaps. Um, Lamar Jackson came out and said that he thought they took the Texans uh, the Titans too too softly. I totally agree with that. Um, I, I appreciate him saying that uh, instead of pussyfooting around it. You guys end the year. Uh, you guys have the 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 most balanced schedule out of everyone. Uh, the rest of the teams in your division have a lot of these, uh, you know, early early season. They have six easy wins, and then the back end's tough. Uh, the Titans kind of have an easy game, hard game, easy game, hard game. You go Ravens, Colts, Browns, Jags, Lions, Packers, Texans, Texans in Houston. Very similar. I guess that's the, the thing they do to you guys every year is bash you and the uh, Texans together at the end of the year. Um, but, yeah, it's always Titans, Texans, or Titans, Colts. I think they try to try to make the schedule so that it could be for the division. At worst, I think you guys get at worst. I think you get three division wins. Best case, I think you get four division wins. Um, you should, you know, winnable games: Lions, Browns, Bengals, Bears, um, Steelers. Uh, and these are games where I say, hey, they're definitely more than a coin flip favorite in my mind. And Broncos, so I think you you get four division wins, you get six other wins at kind of a floor. I think ten and six is the Titans' floor. Uh, honestly, this is one of the this is one of my favorite bets that I've seen. Uh, eight and a half is stealing, absolutely stealing for a team that I don't know how much you guys improved in the off season, but you didn't get worse. And, and we did. No, yeah, I mean. Dean Pease is gone, so we'll see yep. how much of the defense was him and how much was Brable. But in terms of the roster, they lost Jarrell Casey, but it's because um, 
uh, Simmons, the rookie D tackle that they drafted last year, Jeffrey Simmons, he looked like a beast once he came back from that ACL. So they let Casey go. They're going to let Simmons take his snaps. I don't think we'll see a fall off there. Yeah, the only spot where I think you're going to see a little bit of a fall off is the um, is your line. I don't think it'll be that much. You do have a rookie coming in. It's not like you're replacing a left tackle. You're replacing a right tackle. It's a lot. Oh, wait, guard? Conklin? No, Conklin was the, the tackle. No, Conklin was the right tackle. Yeah, yeah, tackle. They had a rookie guard last year, rookie right guard named yeah. Davis, so hopefully he develops. But yeah, so they, they Honestly, are... the, the stretch that I'm concerned about is that week three through week six stretch. Uh, going going to Minnesota, then playing Pittsburgh, playing Buffalo, and then playing Houston. Uh, historically, uh, they don't play the Vikings too often, but they don't play the Steelers very well. Uh, every time in recent memory that they've faced Pittsburgh, they've gotten slapped around. We might not be seeing the same Ben that we've seen in those games, but uh, they have a history of getting slapped up by Pittsburgh. Buffalo, for whatever reason, the last two or three seasons have given them a lot of trouble. They've lost to, to the Josh Allen Bills two years in a row, I believe now. And, and then the Texans, that's always a dogfight. So those four games, that's going to... I don't want to say that that's going to determine the season because they started 2-4 and four last year and then went to the AFC Championship. But that's going to play a big part in seeding if they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, 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 and that's what I'm saying. Like That stretch right there, to me... What you're looking at right there is the Steelers are a potential wildcard team, the Bills are a potential wildcard team, the Texans are a potential wildcard team. So you got to separate yourself from those three. You can't have tiebreakers against all three of them. That's going to fuck you. Um, right. So right. The good thing is that all three of those games, Steelers, Bills, and Texans, they're all in Tennessee. Somehow all at fucking home. <laughs> <laughs> somehow you're going to get three weeks in a row at home. Then you get to travel to Cincy, which you should punch them and roll them into a barrel. And then you get to come back home for the Bears. Uh, and then I think I think the problem with your schedule is the, the second half. Uh, Ravens away, Colts away, Jaguars away. It is a division game, but you're going to fold them up. And then pack, you finish the season two games on the road in Packers and then in Texans. Both teams are going to be fighting still at that point, so you don't have any cake there. But I'm assuming you're going to easily take the over here. Yeah, I mean, the Titans is a running joke among Titans fans is that every year, no matter what happens, 9-7 and seven is the destination. So if if the over under is eight and a half, yeah, I'm going I'm going with the Titans. They, I think they finished nine and seven four years in a row. They yeah. didn't get worse, so no. uh, I'm taking the over. Like you, I could see them ending up in the ten win range, but again, they're they're infamous for going nine and seven. So my prediction is nine and seven again. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully another wild card berth. I think that this is a wild card team. Uh, like I said, they didn't take steps back, so we're, we're gonna we're gonna see what what happens. I'm not a Tannehill Maybe fan. Frog the Texans. The Texans did take a step back, in my opinion. And yeah, that's who. You finished a game above them last year, so maybe they win the division. Yeah, I mean, and look, that reflects right. Vegas is Texans at seven and a half, so that that's kind of where I have things wrapped up. Um, I really, I really, 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 uh, I just feel like. This division in general uh, is going to the. I think that the Jags and the Colts are really going to drag them down. I think the Titans and the Texans are just too much of fighters. Uh, they're they they're built to rough and tumble with you, and in a division of teams that really lack 
offensive talent to set them apart, which is what the Texans have been using for the last three years. Uh, it's just going to turn into a fist fight, and I like the team that's looking for the fight, and that's the Titans to win this division. So I, I think 8.5 is low. I think 10's their floor, and, and so I'm going over, and that's one of my favorite bets so far. Yeah, I like that. I'm probably putting money on that as well. You know, I was just thinking uh, a little off. Well, this isn't off topic. I I might go back and listen to all of these and string some uh, parlays together for the season right before it starts. So that's what I'm right now looking at is what what little bets I like putting together. Um, I like uh, really when I just take a quick overview, and, and we'll do this before the season starts. We are going to be flipping into the NBA here pretty heavily until it kicks up. Um, but... You know, there are some over-unders that just stick out throughout what we've been talking about. Um, The Chiefs at 11.5 seems really low to me. Uh, I don't expect them to get worse. Uh, The Patriots over-under hasn't moved that much. It's at 9.5. You've got the Ravens again at 11.5. I just don't see how they take a step backwards. Um, and, and really when I look at the AFC to round it out, the Titans. So I kind of like all the division winners to just stay division winners, uh, and a bit, not just division winners are the best team in that division right now, which I think is the Titans over the Texans. Uh, and I think that when you look at a season where you don't have a whole lot of off season, you're really going to be relying on your new draft picks and, and what kind of stability you have teams with stability are going to rule the day. And I think that's going to be. Uh, you know, I thought it would be continuity throughout the draft. We got it. I think it's going to be slow action throughout the offseason with the better teams, more prepared, more planned and healthy. Um, and I think that's going to roll into the season. I think your teams that were good last year that didn't make a whole lot of changes, but maybe improved a little bit, they're going to get better. And that's the theme. You take your good teams, say they're going to win more games and push through it. Uh, Leo, any parting thoughts? No, no, I'm just sitting here thinking that we definitely need to get an episode in before the NFL season starts and just focus all on the bets. Oh, we will. I definitely want to put a good minute into that so that I can make some money like you did. Yep, and we'll have that. I mean, we'll probably do a whole hour segment on that. Uh, Coming up next week, uh, we had our locker room segment, which debuted earlier this week. We will have this coming out to you today. Uh, and then next week, we will turn our full-time attention into the NBA, which has a lot of hot topics from the food to the net staff of mercenaries, uh, all the way into the favorites joining uh, joining in Orlando. We'll talk about the hotels they're staying in, the schedule upcoming, uh, everything NBA. We're also going to get into some easy NBA bets. I took a look at the lines already. Uh, I'd recommend everyone going to take a line. You have time to prep. You have time to prep and look at it. Do it. You don't normally get time. I need to do that, time. actually, because with the NBA, I'm good to go. Yes, and here's the thing. little tip. If they're going to give you time, use it. They already have the spreads out. You can monitor it, see what you like, and then as news and information comes in, adjust accordingly. But it's not often you get 30 days to dissect an NBA game. I know there's a lot in the air, but... You do get 30 days to dissect these NBA games. So do it. Take a look. See where you like the ending records. See what kind of bets you want to make. We'll break it all down next week for you. Uh, Leo, where can people find you? At Pick and Scroll on Twitter, pickandscroll.com. 
You can find me at Pick and Play 37 on Twitter, uh, and we will be bringing you NBA hits, NFL hits, maybe dab on a little MLB, but I'm so disappointed in them. We appreciate everyone for tuning in. Please go online, rate, review, subscribe, and as always, stay safe. We'll see you next week. Wear your mask. Wear your fucking mask. <laughs>